It is Thanksgiving week here in the United States of America. And as we give thanks to the pilgrims sailing their ship across the ocean blue and cooking turkeys and plucking, shucking corn and all that stuff back in 1612 or whenever it was down at at Plymouth, we uh, are about to give thanks as the international break has come to an end and club football as of today has started back up and tomorrow is a healthy Thanksgiving week serving of the best that Europe has to offer. We have the coffee fixtures, we call it here in the States, Liverpool and Man City, the Super Bowl of the Premier League is tomorrow morning. And then on uh, later on, we have this weekend, Juventus and Inter Milan. So one versus two in the Premier League, one versus two in Serie A. I mean, you couldn't ask for two better matchups. And as I sit here and I give thanks to a second place in the Premier League right now for my Liverpool Reds, I welcome in my co-host, my very, very good friend and soccer, football, master knowledge of, of aficionado of all things South America, Europe, you name it. My friend Nick, he knows it. Nick, how are you doing this week as we celebrate Thanksgiving? Doing, good, doing absolutely wonderful. I'm uh I'm with you, man. I'm I'm actually giving thanks that this international break is also over, man. I I, I have to say I wasn't I wasn't that impressed. I wasn't. We had a lackluster Italy-Ukraine match that bored bored me to death. And then come to find out, we just have the, the loser going to a playoff to where they can still get a spot. So in all actuality, it didn't mean as much as we thought. And uh, really, man, I'm just glad it's all over with. I'm, I mean, I was glad to see a few Asian qualifiers go on and get that going. And uh, yeah, I'm just glad club ball's back, ready for some some big matches. I was just telling you, uh, probably set my alarm for eight thirty, and I might catch that second half of this this uh, big max, this big match, this big fixture we have uh, in the Premier League, man. So, yeah, it's been great, man. It was good seeing you the other night. Good, uh, good telling everyone thank you. I, I enjoy everything we do here, and I, I'm very thankful for this sport we have. It, it keeps uh, keeps us all busy and it keeps us all entertained and i i love it man can't say anything yes, bad about it for sure yeah so um yeah took some of the park circle family into basil to have a nice little meal uh pre-thanksgiving that red curry duck is something to uh to behold truly um Absolutely. yeah one and brought some friends in we uh hung out with nick for a little bit and yeah, so this has been a this has been obviously we're getting this out late. It's been a, a holiday week here in the United States, and uh, one of the big two, obviously that this one in Christmas. But no, we're not going to we're not going to let people down. We're not going to have a no show. We're not going to be, you know, um, like Usman Dembélé and then make the big signing and then come up as a complete dud. We don't do that kind of kind of stuff here. Um, I will get into the playoff here in a minute with the European qualifiers because. I, I mean, you talk about some convoluted stuff and it has to do with the nation's league and then the European championship qualifiers themselves. It is, I mean, there's 12 teams vying for what, two or three spots. I think the last two or three spots to get in. And um, yeah, so 
We'll, we'll, we'll cover that. But um, getting back to it, we can't, there's nothing, there's no United to bash this week, Nick, right now. Um, they didn't play last weekend, obviously, so we can't say anything negative about them. I did tease you with the purchase of an Arsenal kit today. Yeah. Uh, sent, sent that to you. I was going to get you a nice uh, Declan Rice name and number printed on it. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, that would just light light a fire in my fireplace, you know? Yeah, yeah. And then um, I, I, what we'll also talk about is I, I accused uh, – got to the checkout and I was buying Emmeline her uh, her, her – purple Liverpool kit and they, they, I was talking about the officiating specifically VAR and officiating. And then the uh, nice lady behind the counter was talking about how she, she's, she even admits as a Spurs supporter that things went terribly awry in that Liverpool match. So we'll talk about that, just how it's impacted the game these last uh, five years and where, we see it going because it, it it's definitely, I think it's had more negative than positive and it stalls the game. It creates, it creates, uh, it prevents players from celebrating and it, it ruins the, the flow and it ruins the, the, the match for the crowds. I mean, it's just, it, it's a complete buzzkill if you will. And, and you, unless it's like a clear one V one, then you don't really know. If you're offside or onside or away, I mean, so it's no, you know, that it really, it really hurts the, the game. But um, we want to talk about this uh, last couple of matches of of European qualifiers, Nick. And you were, you know, talking about the you know big ones. Uh, obviously, Netherlands took care of business, got themselves secured. Uh, Portugal finished with a perfect ten and zero record, 10, 10 wins, no draws, no losses. Two goals allowed over 10 matches. Insane. And, uh, you know, some of the usual suspects are there, obviously. And you have the host, Germany, of course, that are already qualified. But Italy came down to the wire, right? They 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 beat North Macedonia, which is a team that had beaten them before with uh, some huge stakes on the line, getting the World Cup. So what are your takeaways from all this? I mean, I thought it was... Very business as usual. I thought some of the the, the, the matches that were going to be interesting and that were going to come down to the wire actually ended up being rather lackluster. And we got down to the big one, which was this past Monday, Ukraine versus Italy, and it it, it lacked any and all excitement. It was a very lifeless, um, boring match, which ended up in a nil-nil draw, which got Italy qualified second place they don't have to worry about themselves ukraine's now going to that uh very convoluted playoff so what were your takeaways do you have any final thoughts on this uh act the actual um round of qualifying before we get to the playoff i mean there really wasn't much i mean the italy match was just was like a goalie show i mean both goalies played well and mikhail mudrick had a chance but dunaroma he he pounced on this loose ball and saved him. It was almost, almost Ukraine. There was a late, kind of funny, almost penalty call that could have gone Ukraine's way. But once watching it, you know, Mudrik, if he, I feel like if he wouldn't have tried to sell it so much, he might have actually gotten it. But because he was so LeBronish and flopping around, then they, the refs didn't do, didn't give it to him. So. 
Yeah, man, he did his best LeBron act, and they said no penalty. So, and if if anyone saw the game, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Or, and if you're if you know who LeBron is, and you can just picture it in your mind. But yeah, other than that, man, I mean, Italy drawn with North Macedonia, not a surprise because the lineup. I mean, Kane didn't start. You had um, Watkins starting up front with Jack and Saka, and um, and uh, um. And Phil Foden, so I wasn't really expecting much. Albania was the one for me, man. I really thought they would at least get a goal and get up. They still ended up winning the group because of goal difference, but that 0-0 with Faroe Islands was kind of depressing. Um, yeah, man, just like like we say, man, business as usual, you know, just clocking in work, clocking out, nothing crazy happened on the shift. We're good to go. I, I mean, I, other, than, other than this crazy playoff, I really don't have much to say about Euros, man. Yeah, I mean, Italy played a 4-3-3, and they had um, Raspadori and Zaniolo and Chiesa up front, uh, Barelli, Jorginho, and Fratesi in the mid. And, I mean, it just, uh, you know, 17 shots for them, but only two were on on, on target. D- Ukraine mm-hmm. actually had less shots, but they had four on target. And, yeah, I mean, obviously, Italy were playing for the draw, I mean, you know, Spalletti's going to have them, they're, they're, they played it in, in Leverkusen because of uh, this, this, this war apparently that's going on in Ukraine. War. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, you know, this, the, that, that's the thing. And Ukraine was playing a four, one, four, one. Italy's lacked a true number nine beyond Immobile. And, you know, that's going to be, you know, for them to score goals. And this is a prime example of that, you know, it's a match that they, you know, you leave it up to nil-nil and, and like you said, this takes one penalty or something to go wrong, one handball, one ill-time handball in the box, you know, and then Ukraine gets a penalty, they score, and then Ukraine finishes second in the group. Italy's going to the playoffs. So, the, you know, I, I um, that's my thing with Italy is that, you know, they're not – this is a crucial situation. They need to score really to cement it. I mean, I guess all's well that ends well, but I certainly wouldn't have wanted – to play 90 minutes with that much uncertainty. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you want to get that goal. You want to sit on it It, like Italy does, and they couldn't even get that. I mean, it was just, you know, I would have rather, you know, touch grass, gone to the park, threw some bread at some swans or something, man. I mean, it was just a waste of time. Yes, I bring this to – these there there's there's three different paths there's path a path b and path c okay and path a i mean i could read this and i don't know i would probably confuse most people but it's like and i'm not going to but let's just say this okay um path a is where we said before uh that poland was uh dead and gone they're they're not they're so they play Estonia, Poland plays Estonia, Wales plays Finland. That's semifinal one and semifinal two in path A. Path B, Israel versus Iceland. And then the aforementioned Ukraine plays Bosnia-Herzegovina. That's in uh, path B, semifinal two. And then path C, the so Georgia plays Luxembourg and Greece plays Kazakhstan. Yeah. Any thoughts here? I mean, I would say my prediction looking at this is I would probably say that um, Greece comes out of path C, 
based on the, you know, like you would say, look at look at the experience. You know, Poland would obviously be favored for path A, but they've just played very poorly in these qualifiers. I kind of like Wales or Finland, the winner of that match, to come out of there. And then path B, I'm going with Ukraine all the way on that on that one. Yeah, no, I I agree with you. I mean, you. I'm so sick of Poland. I mean, they are just relying on Robert so much. I don't see them even getting out of there. I mean, Estonia got in via the Nations League, but I I agree with you, man. It's going to be Wales, Finland, and then and then I don't, you know, Path B. You, I like, I, of course, I like Ukraine. I like Israel as a sneaky one, just because they have been pretty uh, potent on offense, and then Path C. You got to think Greece or Kazakhstan. I mean, they, Kazakhstan's been shocking the world. Georgia, they're missing their best player, the Napoli star, for that match because of yellow cards. So he's going to be missing. That's a massive part. That's like, you know, uh, Kane being out for Bayern or something like that. So you, you're going to be missing him. Uh, I like it, though, Ukraine. And then I, it's hard to pick C, but I'm saying Greece or maybe Kazakhstan there. Yeah, and if you look at this, I mean, they have like the official procedure of how it was drawn. And so the conclusion of European qualifiers, 12 teams are in the playoff. You have League A, Poland and Wales, League B, Israel, Bosnia, Finland, Ukraine, Iceland, League C, Georgia, Greece, Kazakhstan, and Luxembourg. Group D, uh, League D is Estonia. And it has the draw procedure. This thing is so convoluted, Nick. It is ridiculous oh, yeah. i mean you, you almost have to be a, a a damn math major to figure this thing out yes it's well i'm looking here so you have some of it's based on so you have the the enclosed in the document is this is the official document by the way for uefa so this is like the real deal right um uefa nations league 2022 2023 overall rankings so it goes from 1 to 16 and then 17 to 32 is Group B. So League A and then 1 through 16. So let's just go to that. That's Spain, Croatia, Italy, Netherlands, Denmark, Portugal, Belgium, Hungary, Switzerland, Germany, Poland, France, Austria, Czechia, England, and Wales. And then from there, it goes to B. So it's just um, – this is this is just crazy. I mean, yes, Estonia is the only one from Group yeah, D. Yeah, it's a cluster, yeah, it's a cluster – you know what? Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, so, so, yeah. This is um, when we were talking about the playoffs the other day. We talked about, yeah, we knew that it was, you know, they that they were going to a playoff. But man, this is just a um, very, very confusing. Very, I mean, I'm sure some people it makes a lot of sense, but it, I mean, this is one hell of a way to get there. I would say. <laughs> Yeah, dude, it's it takes a math a math major, a rocket scientist. I saw it and I said, "What in the world does this even mean?" Like yeah. I had no clue. And then I had to look at the paths, and then I kind of understand the paths, but then how they made the rankings and whatnot was just insane. So you know what? I just I'm going to be gearing up for those matches, and hopefully we'll get some excitement out of them. Yeah, I mean, I I, I you know obviously looked at it today. And read it, and I had to reread it a couple of times, and you know, I yeah. just okay. So, anyways, we're gonna get there, and I made my prediction. Do you have any predictions on your um, winners of these various playoffs, real quick? Uh, so, I, I I gave mine. 
Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna say I like uh I'll probably go in A I do like I'm gonna I'm gonna go with a uh, uh feisty Finland squad, Timu Puki. I'm gonna go with Ukraine in in path B and I'm gonna take Greece in C. Okay. I'm going to uh grab a beer real quick. I'll be right back. All right, beer's cracked, we're back. Um, shout out to Bell's Brewery, Hop Slam 2023, delicious, fantastic stuff. Can't get through a lot of shows without this bad boy. Let me tell you, and I supplied up on this one. I stocked up eight, six packs of this bad boy in the fridge. Should get me to at least April, I would say. We'll, we'll see. It's a one-time year release, though. You got to stock up while you can. Um, well, that depends on, on tomorrow morning, how many you're going to need for the rest of the season. So Yeah, we'll see. See, we have here in the state of South Carolina this 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 thing called a Clemson South Carolina game tomorrow too. So tomorrow's big rivalry in in the, the the football of the colleges and the universities. And so we have like Michigan, Ohio yeah. State, and the Clemsons and the Carolinas. So I'll probably be drinking my fair share tomorrow because I look for the Gamecocks probably to get smashed, and hopefully Liverpool does the smashing early for me so that I can. Um, I'll have a, at least – if you ask me which one do I want more, I want Liverpool to take Man City out like it's a, 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 a Russian assassin. So – Of course. Yeah. 4-0 Liverpool. Mane is uh, giving us blessings from the Middle East as he used to score yeah. on City so often. And his friend Salah will get the brace. Nunez gets one. And, of course, what is, what is, what is a Liverpool match without a, a Luis Diaz goal in the 91st minute, right? No, you're right. Yeah, so, saved. It. We'll do that. A lot will be determined about how much pretty drinks tomorrow, based on some some outcomes in in the sporting world. So we'll we'll see what we'll see what happens. But um, moving on, Nick. Further, uh, we had we did have a few we had some, a few matches today. We'll just cover real quick. And the Bundesliga and uh, Liga and also La Liga were back in action, but. Particularly the two matches in Liga and Bundesliga had some ramifications. Bayern played Cologne. 20th minute goal by Kane. That was the only goal in that match. So Bayern, uh, 1-0 winners. Momentarily first place in the Bundesliga. 9.30 a.m. tomorrow. Leverkusen will get their shot when they play better Bremen. And big one, huge one in France. That will be remembered for a long time. 5-2 thrashing by PSG over... Monaco, so or Monaco, whatever you want, however you want to pronounce it. Um, before we move on to some funner, funner, my my English just got really bad. Damn, better. Maybe I should. That was just the first two sips, man. Damn. Um, I can't believe I just said that. Uh, before we get to some more fun topics, did he, any thoughts on these? Because you and I were going to watch. We watched that PSG match very closely and thought that this could be a, uh, a banana peel specifically for PSG to, to stumble on because Nice are riding them, you know, on the hot on their trails. And this is the kind of match that PSG has, has struggled with this season. And also in the past, Monaco have given them trouble. Monaco took the league from them back in 2016-17 uh, when the best player for PSG used to play for Monaco at that time. So did you have any thoughts? Yeah. I mean, the Bayern match, I know your thoughts on that, but just PSG and Monaco because it has such big ramifications. 
Yeah, you know, I, it's funny because I was just so mad and frustrated with Bayern Munich today. I mean, if you're listening to this and you know me, you know me from Twitter, you know me in person or, or whatnot, I hate Thomas Tuchel right now. I hate the Bayern Munich squad. I mean, they can't hit the side of a barn. I mean, it's funny. My buddy's like, oh, he, he sent me a screenshot. Kane leagues all leagues in goals, 22 or 26 goals. And I'm like, dude, he scored eight of them against Darmstadt. Like, yeah. he's scoring one against these crap, these good opponents, and he's dropping six or four on the crap. I don't want to hear it. He's not, to me, he's not the best striker on the planet right now. He's not. I don't care. Bayern Munich, just all these one nothing, 2 nothing wins just drives me. It just drives me insane, man. I miss the old Bayern Munich. Where is Frank Ribery? Where is Iron Robin? Where I think he's are my boys? Time because, <laughs> he is. But, boy, I wish he could – I wish he could come back on this pitch because this this Bayern Munich side, I'm telling you, they're just not – this isn't it. And they will move on for Thomas Tuchel. They will get Zabi or somebody. This is done. I'm telling you, they are not going to put up with this. This one nothing shenanigans where you can't score goals, it's just not going to happen. So there's my rant on that. I was not happy with that outcome. Now – PSG Monaco, I mean, PSG scored out the gate, and then it was just uh, – the goal he made uh, – uh, what's his name? Scored for Monaco to make it 1-1, if I'm not mistaken, the, the uh, liver, ex-Liverpool guy. or, or uh, I forget who it was, but it was 1-1 really quick, and then it was just off to the races, man. I I, I was paying more attention to the Bayern Munich match, and then next thing you know, it was four to two, and then PSG snuck another one in at the end to make it five two. I, I just I agree with you. We spoke about this quickly before we hit record, and this league might be a wrap, man. We we we're looking at PSG; they can start pulling away. This is the point where they can do so. We gotta hope somebody can stop beat them real quick. If they play Nice, Nice needs to win. Uh, it's it's gonna get ugly from here on out, or it's gonna slow down. I, I just feel like you on this one, and feel the latter. It's gonna be PSG taking it to the house here coming up, man. I I don't want to say it. We have five good races, six good races, even including Portugal. Hell, even Belgium's a close race. So you know we have a lot of close races, but this might be the first one to pull away, man. Yeah. So, yeah, Minamino scored in the 22nd after Ramos, Gonzalo okay. Ramos scored. Yeah. So it was 1-1. Then it was in yeah. between with a penalty in the 39th that actually put him ahead 2-1. And then from there, it was the floodgates open. Um, Dembele scored yeah. in the 70th. Vitinha scored in the 72nd. Uh, Balogun got one back. And then for good measure, uh, Kola Mwani scored in the 90th plus six to put him up. Um Yeah, 5-2. So, we yes, we did say this in the last show, the last recording, and obviously right before we went on the air tonight, that this will be the league. This will be the the first of the big five to fall uh, to uh, an early decision. And I think if Nice cannot keep up with this pace, then it's going to be lights out by Christmas, we would say, right? Yeah, absolutely, man. That's not what we want, but it looks – if any league does go to crap, 
just let it be France. You know, just let it be done. We can move on. Let's not let it be Bayern Munich. Let's not let it be, you know, City or whatever. Like, at least let it be PSG. We could just forget about them and move on, you know? So, moving on to the La Liga, the only thing there was Alaves uh, today in Granada. So, that was, that didn't have any, you know, like, uh, title implications or anything, but we we're getting to uh, tomorrow morning, and by the time that most of you've heard this, you will already know the outcome. So we're not going to preview it. Um, it's just going to be what it is. You know, holiday week here in the United States. Today's Black Friday. Curdy spent some money today. I mean, I'm telling you what. Uh, there's a very fortunate little girl that's getting gonna Santa Claus is. He, he brought her a bunch of Liverpool stuff, a bunch of. Uh, nice dresses, books. I mean, I'm telling you what, man, the, the, the mother load. But, Nick, you and her and I all have now matching Liverpool third kits this season, the the uh, the beautiful purple kit. And we oh, – yeah. Yeah, yeah. So she's got one. I've got one. You've got one. I threw yours at you a couple weeks ago. She's getting hers on the uh, 25th of next month. And – I'm, I've had mine for, you know, when it came out, I got that. So was Sly on there immediately. I mean, oh, had to get my yeah. Hungarian god on there, right? Hungarian legend, man. Hungarian, He's going to have statues built. Statues built outside of Anfield as we speak. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah. So, Nick, um, which which match are you do you think has bigger title implications between Juventus and Inter, which I think is massive? We're talking about these are, these are the two – this is, this is so obviously City and Liverpool is a new rivalry, but Inter and Juve have been rivals for decades. I mean, this is this is literally uh, these are historical these matches between Juve and Inter. This is going to be a could be a decisive weekend because if City can get the three points, it puts four points in between them. And I know Liverpool two seasons ago were down by thirteen and brought it back to within one. And even on the final match day, were technically champions of England for about I don't know was it 10, 10 15 minutes before City woke up yep. against Villa and and obviously ruined ruined Liverpool's dreams. But uh, so four points is not the end all, but it just seems like this season there's less margin for error. You know what I'm saying? And it'll enter yeah, no, win would be a five point, and I feel like five points is massive down there right now. So, which which match do you think has bigger title implications, and who can who can afford to suffer the loss? Can City can afford to lose? I think I don't think Liverpool can, and at worst case scenario draw. And I think that Inter can afford to lose, but I think Juve if they fall behind by five, that is not saying the league's over by any stretch, but. That's going to be a. It's a momentum builder for for Inter, and I think it just shows that Juve are still in the rebuild process. But what are your thoughts on this? I kind of agree, man. Well, not not to say I agree, but I I I do agree with the whole. I think City. I feel like City and Inter both can afford to drop some points just on the the pure strength of their squads not to say Liverpool's weak by any means but for whatever reason man you got to get the up on City the year Liverpool took it over City I mean they were unstoppable I mean of course but hell so was City and just Liverpool 
took care of business when they needed to take care of business. And in the end, they ended up on top. And I feel like they got to get this win to, to keep, keep up with city and to stay also above, you know, enough above Arsenal and Tottenham and, and, uh, and what, and whoever else, I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's gotta be Liverpool. I feel, I feel they got to win this. I, I, I think if they actually close this out, get this win, get these three points and continue with, with, uh, as long as they don't do these one, one draws with sides like Luton, I think they'll uh, they can they can keep up top and keep going. I mean, I just feel their strength up front is so good that they're gonna put up. If you put up two against them, they're gonna put up two or three against you. You know, um, Inter. I just I don't. I I feel like I feel like Liverpool. Man, you asked me which which side has to needs it most, and I just I think Klopp needs it. I think Klopp needs these three more. Juve, Juve, there's still. I just think it's so much harder in England. Can you agree? Well, yes, I do agree because this is the thing. Like City, it, City has this thing where they go into like John Cena, like Super Cena mode. Remember where there was like a like a five year stretch where Cena just buried everybody in the WWE. Yeah. And oh, yeah. I know that's, that's, yep. you know, we'll just call it, you know, predetermined, but you know, that was the booking. Right. So, but they, they have a, it's, it's, it's like when city feel threatened, they will get, they'll reel off 12 wins on the bounce. And that's exactly Liverpool went from 13 down to one down and city dropped points week in, week out. And then all of a sudden, they won like the last eight in a row and Liverpool won every single one of those things with them. All Liverpool had to do was have city have one bad week and they didn't, they had one atrocious half against Villa and for 15 minutes, Liverpool were premier league champions in uh, 2021, 2022. And then city woke up, they scored three straight unanswered and they won the, the title by one point, which they did back in uh, 2017, 18, uh, eight, yeah, sorry, 2018, 19. They won it by one point. Then finally Liverpool yeah. broke them wide open in uh, 2019, 2020. I think uh, 19 points they won yeah. the league by that year. So it's, yeah, when, 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 when city, when city, feel threatened they they are very that's that's that they're like a wounded animal in the corner so that's when they're at their very best right so yeah i think i don't think liverpool this is that it's at the etihad which liverpool are not afraid of playing there they don't they're not going to be intimidated they've won there before they they beat them you know embarrass them there in the champions league that uh 2017-18 campaign when they yeah faced, uh real madrid in the final so it, it, you know, they they've won there before. It's no big, it's no big deal. But they really, I don't know at liver if you're a Liverpool. This is the thing, right? That tactically, Klopp's going to line them up to to go at them. They don't have to worry. They don't have to worry about trying to have a little minnow that's that's parking the bus. City are going to attack them. The mutant is going to mutate into Wolverine. He's going to come out because he's an ugly mutant, and. They're gonna come. Yeah, well, I'm sorry. So, so uh, they're gonna come at Liverpool with everything, and and Liverpool can catch. I would expect City to have more possession. I would expect City to have more shots, not necessarily on goal, 
but more shots, especially in the first half. I think City are going to be the aggressors. Liverpool can catch you on the counter because they don't have to worry about a Bournemouth or Burnley or Sheffield with 10 guys in the box, deep, planted, and just waiting for every single cross from Trent or Simikas or whoever to come in and just head it out or kick it out or whatever. The City are going to be vulnerable because they're going to, they're going to play a, a high line just like Liverpool are going to play. And one bad loss of possession could be 1-0 Liverpool. Same thing on the opposite side. Yeah. If Liverpool lose possession, you know as well as I do that Phil Foden, the mutant, all of them can get down the pitch with extreme, I mean, uh, Doku, all of them can get right down there in your face and Allison's caught in a two-on-one or three-on-one and they'll just pick the bones, right? It's going to be an entertaining match, I think. It's going to be... I think at least three goals scored, if not more. But Liverpool really, at the worst, need to suffer a draw and split the points because they know the return fixture is at Anfield, and Pep has always struggled at Anfield. He's all—I think he's won once there in his entire tenure in in yeah. playing for City. I think it's—I it's, think it's, it's once. Crazy. Yeah, it's it's yeah. it's a terrible record for him as City manager at, at Anfield. So, yeah, the, I would say. Liverpool of the four clubs can least afford to lose. That that's that if you know as the long-winded answer to your question with a decent amount of explanation. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's fair. I agree, man. It's 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 not going to come down to this, but I feel without Kevin right now, you need to take advantage of City being down. You need to hit them where it hurts, man. Beat them at the beat them at home. And just get those points, man. Let's not split them. If I'm Liverpool, I'm looking to go for the kill and move up. I mean, that's just – that's got to be your mentality. I mean, sure, City can say you're not doing that and we're going to win. But I just – I think it, it should mean a little bit more for Liverpool. And they are going to – I feel like they're going to come out stronger. I mean, I'm not expecting to wake up at freaking eight thirty, nine o'clock seeing City up 3 nothing. Like, I would be absolutely shocked. I don't care about the 1-1 result to Luton. I don't – it doesn't matter. Like, that was its own individual issue. This is City. They're waking up for this. This is, like you said, the Super Bowl of the season. Let's see what happens. And when I open my eyes, I will not see no crazy 3 nothing. So, I'm, I'm really looking forward to that one a little bit more. I mean – Juve is going to be home. I mean, they haven't lost at home in, in goodness. The last time they lost at home was AC Milan, and that was in last season's Serie A. So you're looking at a tough one for Inter Milan. I just feel that they can afford to take that L and just, you know, move on. They would be – then they would be down one point, but it's only one point. You're going to see Juventus again. You know, Inter's knocking everybody else off right now. I I would say Liverpool need to get these three more than, than Inter do. And I expect them to. I fully expect Klopp to get his guys ready, and I expect to wake up and see a 3-1, three, 2-3, three, three, some crazy result because there's going to be goals here. This this one is not one you're – it's not going to be a Bayern Munich final and you're going to get 0-1. to one. 
Well, I can see the thing about this match, honestly, Nick, is I could see I could see if you told me that City beat Liverpool three nil, I, I I wouldn't I wouldn't call you a liar. I mean, it, they are very capable of doing that because if City go up one nil, Liverpool are going to know that they have to equalize, so they're going to go wide open. And the wider open you go against City, the more you leave yourself susceptible to extreme counters and a lot of goal-scoring opportunities. And, you know, they're especially dangerous on set pieces because of Mutant. And, you know, yeah. obviously I don't think Liverpool and Van Dyke are going to leave the Mutant open in front of the net, in front of the mouth of the goal, like dumbass Harry Maguire did, who, who's lost all of his brain cells yeah. since he got to United, whatever few he had <laughs> left when he came over from Leicester. <laughs> And then Lindelof basically abandoned his assignment completely against him. So I don't think that's going to be the case. But they're they're dangerous in every single situation. They, you know, like you have this little bulldog Foden that can just somehow manifest goals, right? So this is this is City's yeah. chance to move past Spurs, move past Arsenal, move past Liverpool, and put a little bit of distance between themselves. So they're going to come out, and I would be shocked if they weren't aggressors. And if they are, and Liverpool fall victim to it within the first 15 to 20 minutes, then it could be nasty. Yeah. No, it could. It could. I, I agree with you, man. It This it could very well get nasty. Do I see it get nasty? No. But like you said, man, they get that one quick – you know, Phil Foden shot from, you know, right inside the box, the shot goal, and then they that, that pitch opens wide up because pool need to catch up, then yeah, it could it could get ugly. I mean, you like you said, you got a six foot six foot four freaking Norwegian mutant running down that pitch. I mean, you just cross the ball into him and, and not you know six times out of ten he's gonna get that ball in the net. I mean, if it's Harry, you're Harry Maguire, ninety nine out of a hundred it's going in. But you know we're gonna we're gonna leave him out of this. Uh, yeah. It it's it, it's I I have faith in your your club tomorrow. I do. If I had to choose money, I wouldn't pick a winner. I'd pick a total. But I would take Liverpool win draw all day. It's probably decent price too. But you know, like you said, it goes one nothing, two nothing, quick game's over. I'm done watching. Well, the thing about it is, is that Liverpool, as you've, we've seen with uh, Tottenham earlier this season and Newcastle especially, you bring on someone like Nunez, they have the ability, not saying they would, but they have the ability. You actually brought this up to me today about Newcastle, to which I responded to you that Dortmund exposed Newcastle, you know, for they're, they're not what they were last season and or the teams that struggled last season, i.e. Liverpool, some others, they're they're back this year. So so there's only so many spots in the top four, and right now Newcastle have been pushed outside of it. Right, Man United, same thing. But so Spurs are back, Liverpool are back. Those are the two that are that are that have have come back into the 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 fray, so to speak. Liverpool can certainly equalize from a two nil down, but a two nil down against City also presents the opportunity to be four nil down against City. That's that's the problem. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I agree with you on that. But one. vice yeah, versa, I definitely two nil on that. Yeah, vice versa though. If Liverpool yep. were up two nil, then that puts then then City. You know, Pep is going to press because now they're down two points in the table. Return fixtures at Anfield. 
you're probably going to lose that one. That's three. So you future, your futuring here is five, right? Minus five. Yeah. Um, they're going to come out then too. Now, if Liverpool will say, you know, Salah scores early, eighth minute, tenth minute, followed up by Jota or Diaz, Nunez, who the hell ever's up there, Gakpo, whoever, whoever he starts. And now, yeah. now, now Pep says, okay, mutant, go, you know, mutate into Cyclops and little Wolverine and get me a goal. So they're going to go all out and you're going to see Man- Manchester City pre- press up even higher, which is going to leave them susceptible to a counter. And you know how Salah is on the counter, right? If you have oh, someone, yeah. if you have yeah, Nunez and Salah on a counter with their speed. I mean, dude. Insanity. Right. So two, so the thing about this match is it's one of those things where a 2-0 lead could be a 5-0 victory or could lead to a 2-2 draw. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. No, absolutely. I mean, any, anything's anything's in, in play here for this one with when you got so much on the line. I mean, I feel like if City were to lose – City fans would, of course, say, oh, it doesn't matter. It's just one match. But deep down inside, they know, everyone knows that these this match matters. This this game is probably the most meaningful match they've had this season so far. It is. And, you know, we've already talked too much about this match, you know, because like I said, it's it's only in, um, what, nine hours from now. So, yeah, like I said, everyone's right. going to have heard the results. You know, they're going to sound like complete idiots. Or total geniuses. It's it's yeah. you know basically yeah. basically it's the line from Ghostbusters, Nick, where Bill Murray says or Peter Bankman says, "If I'm wrong, you arrest us. We'll go to jail peacefully, quietly." But Lenny, if I'm right, you will have saved the lives of millions of registered voters. That's it, right? Yeah. There you go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, we're either going to sound yeah like geniuses or like complete morons. So anyways, I, let's 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 move on. So intern, you yeah. real quick, and this is going to kind of be the like this, I I feel like this match is going to be determined by what Lautaro Martinez does. He's the key. Yeah, I can agree. You know, Inter yeah and Juve both defensively are. Very good. This is not the same UV defense. This is not the same UV back four as it was four or five years ago under Allegri, but still very good. UV still a little bit in a rebuilding process and Inter have been a dominant force again the last four years in Serie A. Back to back cup winners, yeah. champions three years ago, obviously. So. This is where the rubber meets the road, and I think this could easily be a 1-0 interwin, and the deciding goal, whenever it comes, is going to come from the best striker in Serie A, that being Lautaro Martinez. What, what are your thoughts? No, that, that to be honest with you, putting, putting you know, 10 or 20 bucks on the 0-1 final is, is a great move because Juventus has had a hard time you know, scoring, or I'll say this scoring goals and making them count because I've seen a, I watched a match maybe two weeks ago where they got three called back. Keen Moises Keen himself had two goals 
overturned by VAR himself. So I could definitely see the 0-1, the 0-1 happening. Um, it's just I, – I feel like this one, this could be one where it could be a 0-0 or, like you said, a 0-1 where it's a hard-fought battle, back lines play tight, and we have a goalie, you know, a goalie master class. They're all, you know – Adderall and Ritalin before the match and nobody can get a ball past them. I mean, I feel like this could be one of those matches where we're hoping for the excitement. We're hoping for a two and a half goals, you know, three goal goal fest. And then we end up getting a classic Juve enter battle and get the zero to one where Latoro could score late or let's say, you know, maybe, um, uh, what's his name comes off the bench. Um, the Serbian, uh, he was um, the striker for, uh, uh, you know who I'm talking about, Vaholic. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 He, he's going to come off the bench and, and sneak one in. Maybe he might turn things around against Inter, but you're zero to one, flip it over. It could happen either way. But Latoro is definitely a big part of this, man. Latoro has to play lights out and, and finish his – his food for Inter to get this W, to get these three points. Yeah, it's it, he's going to be a, a massively huge determining factor in this. And for Juve, you know, you have like Moise Keane, these players, you know, they, they, they're still in the process uh, of getting back to where they were. And I think it's this is really good for Italian football, the fact that they, they were the Bayern Munich of Italy for, for so many years. And it's really nice to see some variety. You know, you've had three different champions in the last three years. Uh, Inter, yeah. as I said, won the Coppa Italia the last two. So that league is uh, turning around. Of course, it's financially, it's a, it's a disaster how some of these clubs are run. That's the sad part about it, right? Sad reality. <laughs> but Serie A is a is a very entertaining league, and it is it's very strong at the top. Very strong. I looked at the, the, those. First seven to eight teams in Serie A, I think, are really, really formidable opponents. And I think that they can hold their own in Europe. We just saw, obviously, Inter narrowly lose to City in the Champions League final last year, 1-0. Inter's fought their way back to the Champions League final first time since 2010 when they won it all. They won the treble. Inter, right now, again, looking very strong in Champions League. Napoli looking strong in Champions League. Uh, Milan are not out of it yet. And of course, Juve are in the Europa League right now because they got docked those points last season, which is the only reason yeah. they got kept out. Yeah. You know, so um, even Lazio's look pretty decent in Champions League. You know, they, they haven't yeah. um, embarrassed themselves they there by any means. So, and yeah. I know how much you, how much basically Lazio is kind of like Arsenal for you in Italy. But so. Oh my gosh. Dude. <laughs> Arsenal, Lazio, Man United. I just it's clubs I'll never understand. I just I'll never get it. Never. All right, so wanna talk what we want to talk about here. I don't know what I just yeah, what what would I talk about? I don't know what that was. Jesus Christ. Um <laughs> finding it hard to talk tonight. I don't know. It's it must be I mean, look, it's been it's been a long week, man. You know this, right? I mean it has yeah. been. Oh, Big time. Yeah, man. It's, I mean, it's I tell you, a, these holiday weeks are just, you take the time off and you just, you get hammered. Yeah. You're not off really. It's like you're off, but heck, you're off. Hell, I traveled, 
I traveled halfway across the state yesterday and then come right back. You know? Yeah, and you're so, you know you're drinking and you're 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 having all friends uh, friends friendsgivings and Thanksgivings and I mean yesterday was actual Thanksgiving and I I chilled out till about I went to the gym but I went over to a friend's house about eight thirty but my God I was just I just chilled and played video games most of the day. I just needed to. I, yeah, needed, I, I, I was out Tuesday night. I was out Wednesday night. It's it's rough, man. It's rough in the real world. Yeah, no, big time. <laughs> so, yeah. um, no, what I want to talk about is we're looking back a little bit. So, Bar has been in place now for basically half a decade, and we're looking at some of the implications of it, right? And it th- this is it's it's such a I feel like universally that most football, most most football fans and the supporters of, of of these clubs, it's it's mostly unanimously against VAR. You know, it it was it kind of added a little bit to the like the, the mystique of the game when the flag was either up or down, and whatever it was, that was what that was that was the decision, right? If the flag was yeah, if the flag was was up, and you were offside, the camera showed it. The supporters at home, the watchers, the viewers, the audience at home saw if it was offside. But you know what? I mean, when you're off by the hair on your kneecap, that's that's almost too precise. It, it, it it's it's yeah. ridiculous. So. But that's what it's come to because you see these goals, and it's, I, you know, I bring it into the. I think it was the Spurs match with Liverpool. Like, you know, keep going back to that one where it, uh, it looked clearly onside, and it looked like that from the view. And the flag was up, yeah. And then it's reviewed. Goal is given, and and even last week, if you, I, I went back and actually watched the replay of the Brentford Liverpool match, and. You know, Liverpool had two goals that were uh, Nunez scored two goals that were both offside. Yeah. One was was pretty damn close. And so, Nick, I mean, like, how do you? What do you? I, I think it's it's done more harm than good overall. And it's like this precision. It's it's kind of like the only thing I can equate it to is having like radar replay, like like radar technology in Major League Baseball. Part of the Part of the beauty of baseball is an umpire getting the calls right, but also getting them wrong. Strike zones, that type of thing where they're so good and their human eye is so good. They get it right 95% of the time, but then when they don't get it right, that gives the like the fans have something to talk about. And the, the managers come out, the players come out, they argue it, people get ejected. It's part of the game. It's almost like if things are too yeah. perfect, it's like if a couple, like you're in a, rela- in a relationship, if you don't ever argue, what kind of relationship do you have? You have to argue. Yeah, not as you want. Yeah, no. no, there's there's not one that you don't have any. Yeah, but that was one of the that's one of the biggest problems. You know, pre 2017 football was the fact that like you know if a flag was up or a flag was down. The player could immediately look over and either celebrate or not celebrate. And if it was up, you could celebrate, and you may have been offside by the whisker of a cat. But 
so be it. You know, I mean, human eye cannot see that from a touchline. There's just, and that's kind yeah. of the beauty of it is that it's perfectly imperfect, right? Obviously, yeah. when no, so they got it right, but all your thoughts on yes. what you think VR has done to the game. And whether you think it's it, it, it's it's worth it, and if you like these overturned goals, and or you like the in the very few situations where a goal has been given when one was not previously determined to be one. Yeah, so you know, I like your comparison with the baseball umps because think about it: we could have a machine do the strikes, balls. We could have it do that. Think about the technology we have these days. Right now, we could totally eliminate those home home base umpires to call strikes and balls, right or wrong. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. So we don't, though, because just like you say, it takes away from the game. It takes away from those errors. Sure, you don't want those errors and those big games and those calls to affect the mat, the game too much, but you deal with the air, you get the ejections, you get the fights, you get the guy looking at the ref, like he's an idiot. You know, I, I mean, I watched the playoffs this past season and I don't do that very often. I watch a few games and I'm like, Oh my God, dude, this ump is crazy. He's calling that a strike, but not that, but that a ball, like it made no sense to me. So using that in football, it, it would, it, it takes away from from that part of the game about the refs being right or wrong because no matter what the refs say, and you can agree to this, it's going to VAR. It's going to be checked. You can't celebrate. When I get a note, I mean, now my site, my app's a little better. My app will tell you it's in VAR and then give you the notification. When this started, I was getting notifications left and right for goals that would just be taken away. It you cannot celebrate a goal until VAR has checked everything, and then you can celebrate. It is taken away from the game, man. I I feel the way I feel about it is there's situations where it should be used. Let's say, like in the World Cup when Japan had that goal called back or called it was scored, and they called it a goal but it looked like the ball wasn't over the line all the way. I'm sure you can remember. It might have been against Germany. Yeah. I'm not remembering. It was, it was or Spain maybe. One of those games. Anyways, I bring that up because something like that, you need goal line technology. That is something I can agree with. That maybe checking the, the line when the goalie takes it, when you're taking a penalty, make sure the goalie doesn't come off the line. But calling an offsides goal, if that linesman does not raise his flag, I feel the ref calls the goal or doesn't call it, and it should stand how it is. Like, there's going to be mistakes. We should keep the game human, but I do like I do like some of the stuff that was implemented into the VAR. I, I mean, not all of it has been crap. It's funny when I first started following, man. I I didn't we didn't have VAR, and when it started to get implemented i think it was germany who did it first am i wrong yeah who, who was first wasn't it yeah. germany? oh wow yeah that's a good question that's a good I, germany or italy i think it was germany yeah i mean i'm not- i i want to say i i 
I'm not quite sure. Don't quote me, but I want to say Germany was like one of the first leagues and, and it was a big deal. And then it was kind of like, uh, remember if I'm not mistaken, they tried it in preseason and then they checked it out, see how it went. And then they started, they announced when they were going to start using it and then they started using it. So when it started happening and I started following and I noticed this change, it just took so much away from the game, the live action game, because you have to stop and make sure everything's clear before you make any kind of movements. I mean, celebrating a goal now is done. You cannot, I mean, there's times where like a penalty or something, you can kind of get your celebrations in. But just like you said, the days of celebrating immediately are over with. VAR has screwed that up. Right, but what? Let's see. So, no, I was going to say, uh, but how do, what do you think about how the, it takes the emotion away from the actual crowd? I mean, because you, you know, you see, yeah, you see, you see this, yeah, you see I, these epic goals scored and the crowd goes wild. And a lot of these are like equalizers or goals that are in crucial minutes. In crucial moments where someone goes up 2-1 or 3-2 and you think that you've got the three points and all this, and then only because of the fact that you're the, the, the skin that you uh, tore off your elbow diving a little while ago was flapping in the wind and got you off. I mean, just ridiculous stuff like that was offside. Oh, yeah. And so the goal comes back off and it's disallowed. And, yeah, and, 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 yeah it ruins the actual um, stadium experience, you know? Yeah, absolutely. No, the atmosphere is totally blown out. Everybody's like, dude, what in the world? That takes their breath away. They're pissed. I mean, you're you're then pissed off at the ref, Not let alone the, the VAR people up in the booth, you know? I, I agree with you, man. It's, it's changed everything. It's changed how everyone looks at it. And I was looking, it was the Air Divise who started it first, surprisingly. They're always first to do stuff, silly stuff especially. But I, I do wanna wanna say also that FIFA just approved the um I don't know if you saw it, the chest vest where they have the GPS trackers on them for players, where they can get all kinds of different stats and get their precise location now for football matches. I'm not kidding you. It was a headline I just saw yesterday for VAR. They have these vests that players wear with a chip in it, and it gives their precise location. That's how much this is affecting the game. You're going to actually put something on a player to where they can be tracked. I mean, dude, they would have never done this. You know, Could you imagine telling Zidane to put a freaking chip on? Hey man, put this vest on so we can track you. Like, no, it's it's not. That's not. That would have never happened. So, it's getting ridiculous, man. It really is. I mean, you you've got you've got to. I, I feel like it should be. It should have been changed, man. There should be stuff they change. There should be things, just like when you get a flag in the NFL, the American Football League. You can't. Am I not wrong or right? You can't challenge a penalty, correct? Um, you can't challenge a penalty, right? The, there's the, due to yeah. that, due to so that, the the Saints 
Ram's yeah. pass interference. Yeah, the Saints that, but it's at the discretion of the, the officials, and I think it's in the final two minutes. Okay, so look. So, wow, the Americans did something smart. Oh, my goodness. Why don't they implement something like that for VAR? Hey, stoppage time, let's review all goals. Stoppage time or extra time um, – uh, injury time, I'll say, just so we're clear, injury time, let's look at everything, let's check everything, and during the 90, let's just let it roll. Like, how come something like that can't be in- implemented to where you can have these humans doing their job without computers getting involved and having a a you know, ball hair get Salah off sides because his, or his goatee chin hair is a little too long? I mean, isn't that something that could be a good answer? People talk about it all the time. If there's a problem, hey, cool, we can talk about it, but let's talk about a solution. There's a good solution right there. After the 85th minute or after the 90 in all injury time, we review all calls, all plays, go up to the booth if need be. Ding, there you go. Problem solved, but they won't. We won't. Right, I think there's there's ways to improve it. There's ways to make it work better, and yeah. But I I honestly think, and I, I mean to, to me, I I look back at it in you know six seven years ago, and I would actually be fine uh, being on the wrong end of a human decision. And then sometimes being on the right end of a human decision and saying, just like I said with baseball, with the umpire, depending on the strike zone, sometimes you get it right. Very few times you get it wrong. Or oftentimes you get it right. Very few times you get it wrong. And that's the way I look at it with football is they, they tried to make something that was imperfectly perfect perfectly perfect and that has the the delay in the matches sucks the waiting around sucks the reviews suck the crowd is on their is, is sitting on their hands waiting for a decision they just celebrated an epic goal four minutes four minutes ago just to see some official come out and disallow the goal taking all the i mean I that that that's that's my my point in it is the fact that as someone who would have season tickets or or whatnot to these matches, and you see it almost every match, Nick. It's almost every match. It doesn't yeah. matter who you're watching on TV. You're seeing it in some cases multiple times in a match. It, 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 it just yeah. ruins the flow of the game and takes the emotion out. And that's what made football or makes football so special because it's the one sport. The NBA is pretty close. Hockey's very close. Or hockey's similar. The NFL is not even, I mean, trash. 11 minutes of actual human movement. In, in, a, in a three hour time span. But football yeah. is where the ball is constantly in motion, except for a penalty, free kick, corner, or throw in. And 
that's the same way it is with, you know, in the NHL, which makes it an exciting sport because, you know, you, you line up after, after uh, an infraction and you have a face off. And then the same thing with, um, with the NBA. I mean, the ball mostly is, is, is constantly in motion minus the 800,000 timeouts at the end of a damn game. But if you can get that far, it's, it's, that's why basket basketballs is an exciting game is because it, it, it's, it's, it's constant movement. Same thing in football. But you, when you, when you imagine if, imagine if like two or three times a game you had, you know, Steph Curry or somebody shoot a three that puts the Warriors ahead by one or two points. And then every time the, 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 um, the, the, the arena at, uh, what is it? Um, Chase, Chase Arena in Oakland or San Francisco, sorry, gets on their feet and goes absolutely yeah. wild. They, they disallow the three point shot and they, they wipe it off. I mean, we, oh, God. the American fans would go, would, 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 would riot. I mean, oh, God, bazonkers, dude. Right. And that's, that's the thing. It's like you have to think about it in terms of this. It would almost be like if there were two or three times in an NFL game where a touchdown was disallowed due to offensive pass interference. I mean, it's just yeah. it, 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 it's, Dude, it's, it's ruining it, it's ruining the game, and you know, um, absolutely, every club has fallen victim to this. There are no winners or losers here. We're all losers, I think, in, in this particular instance. And yeah. Yeah, until they can find a better solution. And I would I would I would love to go back to the way things were, but I know it's never gonna happen. And it's sad that through what they thought was progression, we actually suffered regression. Absolutely, man. You think we're going forward, but we've actually went yeah. back. Ruined it, man. I, I, I'm with you on that. I, I agree. I I just, I, if I could, man, I would honestly like if they went and made those changes to where, like you did with the NFL, where they said, okay, look, this won't happen again, so we're going to make it to where we can review something past a certain time limit. I mean, sure, would I like it all to be erased? Of course. Let's go back to 2015 or 14. Like, why not? But that's it, probably, you know, that's not going to happen. So to look back and see what we could do to fix it would be absolutely great, man. Here's the most egregious thing, though, okay? We've talked a lot about goals, and we've talked a lot about disallowed goals. And it's mostly disallowed goals. But what really upsets me is, for instance, the foul in the Liverpool-Spurs match that was at first a yellow card, and then they review it and the entire team of analysts say it was a yellow. And I'm talking about where yeah. the players' studs hit the ball, and the ball is round, so he's going to roll over it. And I, I forget what which 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 player was that? Do you remember for Liverpool was that um who was it? It was um, yeah it. It was uh he was stepping his he was putting his foot down and it, the ball rolled off of the the his foot rolled off of the ball because that, it was, was round. That, was that Joker? Um, I think it was McAllister. 
Or was it McAllister? Or what? No, it was Jada. Yeah, okay. yeah. Jada, yeah. Yeah. So he gets, yeah, he gets, he gets a, a, I think it was a, a, a straight red after the review. And it's like, okay, what good is it when, I mean, the, the, let's just make sure, like, make it clear this officiating crew got demoted to the championship as a result of this absolutely atrocious officiating in that match and how many calls they got completely wrong. So yeah. what goes around comes around, but in, in the end, it, like, when, it just hurts right, everybody. When, 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 when everybody looks at it and you say you have all these football minds that are looking at it and they say, yeah, that's absolutely a yellow because there's nothing Jota could have done about it. It, 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 that, that, yeah, it, I think it was yeah. Curtis Jones. It was Curtis. Yeah, Curtis Jones came down, and then Jada's the one who Jones. came on yeah. the pitch, yeah. and then Thank immediately yeah. got another foul. Yeah, okay. But yeah, no, you're right. Like something same. like that. Right. That was just off pure physics. Yeah, it was pure physics, man. You can't set the ball. The ball isn't a square. You're not going to land your foot on it squarely. So he, his foot rolled off. That should have been a yellow and everyone knew that, but the, it, it just, it's done so much damage, man. And it's crazy because someone like me, who's not a fan of any specific club, like it just hurts the game. And it's sad to see because sure. Tottenham fans are happy because they won. And then Liverpool fans are pissed because it was a shit, a crap call. But me it just hurts the game period and it makes it just that much more difficult to watch because it takes all the elation and all the fun out of getting that exciting goal at the last second or that crazy you know kick from Salah but it was called back because his elbow was past you know Harry Maguire's butt cheek like it's just it's ridiculous yeah and that's and that that's that's the issue that I take with it is the fact that now you have what's one thing to disallow a goal, but then it's another whole thing to then put a, 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 a team down to 10 men when yeah. it was absolutely unjustified because sometimes simple physics and or movement yeah. can't be prevented. Momentum. Um, yeah. And no, you know, it, it, yeah, no computer is going to tell you. Right. And so, so that that's where I think that something has to be done, especially when you have a, a unanimous uh, decision from the booth, if you will, that it wasn't a red. And then the official comes back out and says, oh, it's a red based on someone's decision watching a computer somewhere or a monitor. And it's like, well, what did they see? So then it comes in the back. Well, is it a conspiracy? Is it bias? How come all these guys in the NBC studio say, yeah, yellow, absolutely yellow, and then they come back out red? Yeah. How do, how, how yeah. do these Dude, non-officials get it right and the officials get it wrong? And that is – Yeah, man. The, and, 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 and the official in that match, at the, at the point of impact, ruled it a yellow. It was a yellow car. Yeah, that. Which Curtis yeah, that Jones actually the, argued it should this one is more. You remember that? Yeah, yeah. No, I do because he he was saying the same thing we're saying. Like, 
bro, Earth has a gravitational pull and Earth has something called gravity and you're not going to come down cleanly on a circle ball. I agree with them, man. I watched it over and I'm not just taking a side. I told my buddy who was a Tottenham fan who was texting me, oh, man, that's a red. How can you say that? And I'm like, bro, come on. Like if you're stepping down on a circle, it's going to push one way or the other, man. It's not going to come straight down. So, of course, it shouldn't have been a red. And I told him, I said, dude, you got lucky. This is wrong. You know, this and that. Of course, he didn't agree. But being someone who looks at it from both sides, man, that was just one of the worst that I've seen in a long time. And we wouldn't even be discussing this if VAR wasn't there because guess what? The man who was six feet or 12 feet away from the incident called the yellow card, correct? Uh, Yes, that is correct. Exactly. So therefore it should have never been even called that. So that's one of those things where we would like some fixing to happen, but most likely, man, we're just going to have to suffer through it. And teams like Liverpool suffer because they don't get those points. Yeah. So, I mean, if you're, if you're, um, and I can say this, like, you know, a lot of people will say, well, you know, if the shoe were on the other foot, would you take it? And it's like, well, um, I mean, I guess you take the three points, but I can objectively say that if I were, a, if I'm a Liverpool supporter and that was, Romero or somebody that slid in or, you know, Dyer, whoever, whoever it is. Right. Um, and, um, they took out, you know, Luis Diaz or whoever, but I could say, look, Luis Diaz was, he was, he was trying, he was dribbling over the ball. His, his foot was on top of it. It rolled. And then the Spurs defender came in and that's just, but it, it was just bad luck. It wasn't a malicious, um, tackle that I could say, yeah, it's a yellow. No. It's, a, I, I mean, I would never say eject the Spurs player for something that he can't actually control. When VR gets yeah, those types of decisions help. wrong and they impact, here's the thing, Nick, they impact the outcome of a game. And that's not yeah, what that was designed to do. No, that's, and that's the big thing. That's where. You know, that's where our arguments come in, which, which, you know, of course there's nothing we can do at the moment, but I, I agree with you, man, when it, when it affects those points and these titles being won, then something should be done. We, we shouldn't be relying on, you know, these, it's funny, was it the Newcastle Arsenal match or something where a line was drawn wrong in the VAR booth and they had to come out and apologize because their guy couldn't get a line right. Come on, man, you got to do better. Like you can't be making a freaking third grade mistake and not draw a line. Right. Come on. Right. So kind of wrapping this up, final thoughts. Um, is there an improvement to be made? Can it be improved or would you, Say get rid of it altogether. What what would your if you if you were the head of FIFA or UEFA, whoever, and you were head of the officiating committee, what would you what would you say? I mean, what would what would, I, so I can tell you what I would say, but you go ahead and say what you're going to say. Well, I feel I mean, being that FIFA, the president, the bald dude, that he's allowing 
chips being put on vest, we're not probably going to get changed towards the other direction. If you're going to make it to where these calls are going to, you know, overturn matches, then they need to do better at getting him absolutely right. They need to be more clear with how they're making these calls. They need to let the referees speak after so we can understand why they were making these calls. We need to be able to hear what's being said. It's only fair. In a trial, we get transcripts. We see what both sides are saying in the court. Why can't we see what they're talking about, what VAR is saying? I feel that it's heading more towards the technology side of things, which isn't good. If they're going to do it, they need to get it absolutely right, though. They need to they need to do it better. They need to draw these lines right. They they just they've got to they got to do something to to get it to where these these matches aren't being screwed over because a guy is stepping on a circular object and landing on a foot. It's just not right. It doesn't make sense to me how a game that is you know, being watched by millions and millions of people and producing billions and billions of dollars, how you just cannot get it right. So I'm going to say, you know, keep it going, but let's make changes to where, you know, at certain times or for certain things, things can be overturned and we get to hear as to why. Why was Curtis Jones awarded that red after the guy called a yellow? Why was the line drawn wrong? Was it a 12th grade, 12th grader in the booth visiting his uncle on bring your kids to day, uh, work day? Like, can right. we understand right. why? Why did this happen? So if it were up to me, I was FIFA president, I would make those changes. I would say, hey, we need to hear your conversations as to why things are happening and – after the injury time, the start of injury time, we are going to take control and we get to choose what's called. Before then, let the linesman and the referee call the match. After that, we need to see everything. Yeah, I mean, I can't disagree with that. I mean, I, I, I mean, for me, if I had the choice, I think you know what I would choose. I would get rid of it and I would go back to the way things yeah. were because yeah, that is – the old system, I believe, it, it was was the, was the best. I, 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 you know, they they tried to make things better, but I think it has ultimately failed. And uh, yeah, I would go back, but I know that that's unrealistic. So, um, yeah, you can only hope that things will improve, obviously. And um, yeah, so so, but that that's that's my verdict. That's your verdict. And unfortunately, right now there is no better solution we're just going to have to put up with the bullcrap you know and you yeah. just have to hope oh, and keep your man. fingers crossed that it doesn't happen to your club yeah that's it please don't let var strike my club yeah. that's what that's what you got to say before each match well quick um quick wrap up here this is going to make us look like either really really big geniuses or, or, or complete morons by the time most people hear this um so just a quick glimpse at the match day uh, tomorrow, starting with the Bundesliga. Um, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and pick. I'm, I'm let's pick the um, obviously the, the the coffee fixture tomorrow. I'll be up and at them early tomorrow morning, and uh, I'm going to go ahead and say Liverpool and City two two draw. Nick, what do you think? I'm going to go. I'm going to go with the. 
with the shocker. Everybody's going city. I'm going to say one to two. Nunez goal in, in injury time for the win. And uh, the reverse fixture, fixture is going to mean a lot for both these clubs uh, later on in the season. It's going to mean uh, tremendous amount. So, yeah, 2-1. So, you're picking Liverpool to win. Yeah. Uh, Newcastle, yeah. Newcastle, Chelsea, right? Following Liverpool and City, we have another another banger. Newcastle and Chelsea. I like Newcastle to win this one 2-1 to one over Chelsea. I'm going to go with the 1-1 one, one draw. Chelsea draw. They keep pushing up. Newcastle keeps looking like SHIT. Huge match on Sunday, Nick. Spurs and Aston Villa, uh, top five clubs against each other. This is uh, obviously has implications on the top four and who you know the Champions League spaces. Um, so this is obvious. This is going to be at, at, at you know Spurs are going to be at home. So I I'm you know they they've been on a little bit of a rough stretch lately, right? So I think Aston Villa they're going to come out and be aggressive. Your your man Dracula, as you call him, um, I think he's going to have him yeah. playing um, for the win here. I don't think that this is going to. I think they're going to go in here and attack. So I like Aston Villa here, three two over Spurs. Three two, goal yeah. city. All right, I'm going to go with the two two, two two son with a brace, and I'm going to go Leon Bailey with with a goal, and I'm going to say. Uh, Watkins with a goal. Watkins, okay, cool. Well, uh, last one is uh, Everton, Man United. That's a, a derby up there in the Northwest. Everton are at home. It's at Goodison. United, of course, are they just they you know uh, Seven Hog just keeps on. He just he just keeps on winning and saving his job. You know when against these minnows. So here's another minnow served up to him. Uh, but this one's gonna this one's gonna they're gonna end in a one one draw. I think Everton are gonna take a point from this. I'm going to say Everton keeps their winning or losing uh, their win draw streak going. They have not lost since be, uh, Liverpool lost. And I'm going to say one nothing to Everton. They get the goal and then Manchester United just can't answer. Yep. Um, Spain doesn't have a lot going on. Uh, you got Real Sociedad in Sevilla, Girona versus Athletic, and. Uh, Real Madrid's playing Cadiz. Uh, this is, yeah, I mean, kind of a Raya Volcano against Barcelona. So I'm going to, we're going to skip over that, but you, I, I really don't, don't have anything to say much. That, that should be business as usual, I think. But in the Bundesliga, honestly, yeah. Nick, there's a couple of interesting yeah. matchups here. Yeah, the Battle of the Borussias, which is Gladbach and Dortmund. And um, this is getting, you know, Gladbach's a little bit better in form recently. They've won um, two of their last three. Uh, Dortmund's lost. Actually, Dortmund hasn't won. It's been four match days since they last won a match. They have a draw and two losses since then. So, I um, it's 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 in Dortmund, but I I honestly would uh w- wouldn't put it past Gladbach to 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 sneak out here with uh, at least at one point. So I'm going to pick Gladbach and Dortmund are going to draw two two. Yeah, I'm, I'm. I don't. I don't put much faith in the BVB anymore. I, I'm gonna just say one-one. Just keep it simple. A lot of people are gonna go with the over. People are gonna have their hearts broken. We'll go one-one and just. I, I even could see a one-to-two, uh, and Gladbach, but we'll say one-one. Okay, Wolfsburg are winless in their last five. They've lost four of their last five, 
They have a draw in there and four losses. Leipzig is who they're playing. Leipzig strong. Winners three out of the last four. And um, back in fourth place over Dortmund after Dortmund's back-to-back losses. I like um, – this is going to be in Wolfsburg. I like Leipzig to win this one three to one. Yeah, Wolfsburg's been absolutely terrible. I Leipzig easy. We'll say three nothing. I don't think Wolfsburg will get a goal. Nick, Nick Union Berlin are going to win tomorrow. They're going to break the streak finally. Win their first Bundesliga match since August. They're going to beat Augsburg two uh, one. God, I mean, let's hope so. I, I'm I'm going to agree with you there. I just I don't know if Augsburg will score. I think it's going to be low scoring. We'll get a one nothing. Union. Well, we got Frankfurt and Stuttgart. So Stuttgart obviously just took care of Dortmund um, last time we looked. And they've snapped their little two-game skid there. Big win for them. Solidifies them in the top four for the moment. Um, so they're Dortmund's in fifth place, three points back of Stuttgart. Leipzig are one point back of them. Frankfurt are undefeated in their last five. They have uh, two draws and three wins in that time. Matches in Frankfurt, and I think that it's going to end in a 2-2 draw. I like them to split the points here. I don't. I think I think they can. Stuttgart needs to win. They need to keep. They they need to keep winning. They know it. Garassi's back. I'm going to say one to three. Stuttgart. Okay. Another big one, real quick. Uh, so we have a couple of actually a couple of uh, uh, decent matches here. Uh, go over real quick in Italy. You have Milan and Fiorentina. And this one, obviously, Fiorentina is in sixth, sixth position. They're, you know, challenging for Europe. They're only uh, one point back of Napoli for the fourth place in what would be that last Champions League spot. And, of course, Milan have not won a match in their last four. They have two draws and two losses in that time. Fiorentina, have, were kind of the, they had three losses in a row there, but a win on each side of it. So, this one, I, I you know, I think this is going to be a tightly contested contest, and I do like this to end in a draw. I think this is going to be one of those classic, uh, you know, kind of grinders in Italy uh, tomorrow at two forty-five p.m. I like it to end in a one-one draw. I'm gonna say Pulisic, man, Captain America. As long as he can play, if he's not hurt, or uh, uh, we'll 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 put on the red, white, and blue for this one. I'm gonna say one nothing to okay. Milan. The other one is Napoli and Atalanta in not the same order, but they have the same exact results in their last five, which is two draws, two wins, or excuse me, two wins, two losses, and a draw. So they both have the same amount of points in the last five. This is this has a classic, um, this is just classic draw written all over it. I, I, I think that this one is going to go 90 minutes. I think it's going to be a nil-nil. I think it's going to be a scoreless draw in this match. Dude, I, I actually could see that because everyone – it's so funny. When the whole world's on something, it goes opposite. Everyone sees goals in this. I'm, I'm calling a 1-1, and it's going to be both two, two late goals to make it – we'll say Atlantia won in like the 82nd, and then Napoli will get like a late penalty or an equalizer in like the 94th. So I'll say 1-1. I like the draw. And the last one, of course, is the big one is um, Juventus and Inter. And this one is Sunday, two forty-five p.m. This is going to close out the weekend. This is this is absolutely huge. 
And Juve have been squeaking by. They won. They beat Verona 1-0 a couple weeks ago. Then before that, they beat Fiorentina. After that, they beat Fiorentina 1-0. Before that, they beat Milan 1-0. They've been squeaking these 1-0s out right before the international break. They beat Cagliari uh, 2-1. I think the luck ends here. I think they're actually on the the opposing side of a 1-0. I think that Inter go into Juventus, going to Turin, and I think they take all three points. From Juventus and go ahead in Serie A by five. And I think Inter win it 1-0 with a goal from Lataro Martinez. I'm going with your Napoli uh, prediction. I'm going with the 0-0, man. I think too many, too much on the line, man. These goalies are going to be lights out. We're going to say, I'm going to say 0-0. We're going to get some VAR controversy and a goal will be called back for Inter Milan. And then that'll be the talk. We'll get a 0-0 final not. draw. Both get a point. Watch. We'll see. I mean, hell, sometimes we're right with these, man. I mean, I'll get texts sometimes and people are like, dude, your friend was right about this game. And I'm like, yep. And then, oh, Nick, you were right about USA Germany. Like, yeah, dude. So, I mean, sometimes we hit it spot yep. on, man. Well, Nick, that brings us to the end of a short week. Um, of course, we'll be right back here recording on Wednesday. It'll be a normal week for us next week. And um, I'm going to enjoy some some PTO, some time off from work. So I will be off that day. So should be a great day next yeah, Wednesday. Should be too. So. But do you have any closing yeah. thoughts yeah, we, um, uh... from anything that happened, international break, um, did you want to talk about real quick? Did you want to mention the Brazil Argentina match? Uh, Uruguay's success? No, I don't want to talk about, uh, no, no, Brazil. I don't want to speak about Brazil. <laughs> I hate Brazil right now. Uruguay is doing good. I think, um, I think I'll just say this that the Serie B and the Serie A in Brazil are heating up, and I want to say that between first and sixth place. It's only like five points difference, and we are looking at maybe three more rounds of games. So, yeah, three more matches left, and you are talking about a difference of five points in the top six. And for for Serie B to get promoted to Serie A, it is just a tight one there also with the top two. Everybody, well, hold on. Let me say this. It's top 10. 57 points is 10th, and third place is 62. What a race we have in Serie A and Serie B, man. Mm -hmm. This is big stuff. Uh, I haven't had this close of a race in both in a very long time. Serie B has a match. uh, Everyone plays tomorrow at 3 o'clock. So it's going to be a big one. If I'm not mistaken, it is the last this is the yeah this is the last game so you're looking at the top 2 through yeah 62 points and 60 points so the 3rd 4th 5th 6th 7th 8th place team are all going to fight for those two spots to get promoted so 3rd and 4th place is up for grabs and it's up to six teams so we'll get back on that on Wednesday I'll have answers for that and uh that's for all my South American fans out there. We got good races in Brazil. So other than that, man, I'm good to close it out. I'm ready for this uh, coffee fixture tomorrow. I'm going to set my alarm for maybe 8.30, and we'll see what uh what I get. Well, depending on where we're at with this thing, I may be on the bourbon by 9.30. So, I mean, 
could be the coffee fixture, but yeah, dude, it could be early. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be some kind of brown liquid, apparently, yeah. either coffee or it's going to be bourbon. Buffalo yeah, trade. because because yeah, I'm either going to be drowning my sorrows, and or I'm going to be celebrating, which could be done with 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 bourbon either way. So you know, Nick, yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, um, yeah, we're going to close out. Turn the lights out. Get, get out of the basement here, and uh, yeah, we're going to have a short turnaround. Five days, we're going to be back at it again. So looking forward to a great weekend of football, massive matchups. Juve Inter, City, uh, City of Liverpool, Madrid, uh, Milan, and, and uh, Fiorentina, Napoli, and Atalanta. Great, great matchups. Germany's got a little bit of action. So yeah, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna get through all that and then talk about those next week and then do, of course, our previews uh, going into the next weekend. But uh, for now, this is Critty. This is Nick signing off, and we will see you very shortly. See you guys.